0: Hello, I'm Catherine Matheson. This is the Grandmother Stories podcast. If you enjoy these episodes and you're looking for more content like this more often, check out Stone Song Wisdom at CatherineMatheson.substack.com. Episode twenty-six: When Worlds End, Part Three. The Great Work Begins. Dear Grandchildren, We are on a journey together in remembering the events that ended the age of magic and the diminishing of the world as it once was. This is the third episode of a six part series to be told on each full moon and each new moon through January, February, and March 2024. To understand how the Druidic school in this story was involved in preparing the people for the epic shift that would lead to the end of the Age of Magic, let us first look at how the school operated. Druidic schools were at their height during the Age of Magic, and in that long-lost age, students spent 20 years learning with the old ones. There were nine sections in the Druid school three for each of the three ways in the Druidic school of knowledge. The three ways were known as the way of all things unseen, the way of all things seen, and the way of all things sacred. These ways were also called the knowledge of the merlin, the knowledge of the stag, and the knowledge of the salmon. The knowledge of the merlin was the knowledge of all things unseen, and the paths within this way led to students becoming star mages, far seers, and pattern keepers. The druid, who was the keeper of the knowledge of the merlin, was known simply as the merlin. The knowledge of the stag was the knowledge of all things seen, and the paths within this way led to students becoming tree mages, shapeshifters, or stone singers. The druid who was the keeper of the knowledge of the stag was known simply as the stag. The knowledge of the salmon was the knowledge of all things sacred, and the paths within this way led students to become light mages, law keepers or land singers. The druid who was the keeper of the knowledge of the salmon was known simply as the salmon within each of the nine paths of the mages, seers, keepers, and singers within these three ways. There were many more ways of being and becoming that included healing, prophecy, memory, making, and balancing together. The Merlin, the Stag, and the Salmon were known as the Three. They answered only to the Archdruid, but together they could hold the Archdruid accountable if necessary. This is how balance was maintained. Decisions affecting the school were made by the nine members of the Wisdom Council, which included the Three, the Archdruid, and his two senior mages, plus three other senior mages who each assisted one of the three. All students at the Druid School learned the foundational knowledge for each of the three ways during their first ten years. They spent time learning in the camps, of every one of the 63 Old Ones in the Great Forest, and working with all the mages and seers and singers and keepers. In their 11th year, students would move into one of three ways to study the knowledge particular to that way. And at that point, they stayed in the camps of the 21 Old Ones whose teachings were focused there. Once students reached their 15th year, a long process of testing and choosing began to determine which specific pathway the student would follow. Once chosen, the student's time would be spent within the camps of the seven old ones who taught that path. And when their twentieth year was complete, they would know themselves to be Druid. The knowledge of each of the three would live within them, And the deep knowing of one of the paths of the way would be theirs at the deepest core of their being. And they would spend the rest of their lives delving deep into the knowledge and the knowing they held to provide service to their people, their leaders, and to the source of all knowledge. This cycle of learning and working with knowledge had spiraled through the people and the land they lived upon for hundreds of generations. And it can be argued that this deep spiritual, and yes, even deep scientific knowing, is exactly what allowed the people to understand what was happening when they first found, then followed all the signs that led to the knowing that an ending to the pattern of all they lived and everything they knew was imminent. In the days and weeks following the news of the coming major shift expected to end their world within their lifetime, every student past the tenure level in the Druid school found themselves facing a different curriculum. Because 27 of the Druidic teachers took all 150 of the students who had reached the 10 to 20-year levels, and moved deeper into the Great Forest, where they established a new camp. And for the first month of their stay, they found themselves working and learning along with the nine members of the Wisdom Council. Altogether, 186 souls were gathered in that place to begin what the Archdruid called the Great Work. On that first day of their arrival to the remote new camp, Shere felt overwhelmed by the task laid out for them by the Archdruid. She was glad not to be among the youngest there, being in her thirteenth year, along with the thirty-two others of her year's group. Still, it sounded daunting beyond belief, even though it was laid out for them in very simple terms. Look around you, Archdruid Dara had said. You are looking at the end of the human memory of our order. Gripping the hands of her yearmates, Charay gazed around, meeting the eyes of as many of the others as she could. Her sister Linnea turned from her place in the ranks of the fifteen years to find her, as did her other sister, Treza, Who stood with the 20 years? By the time the students who are now in years one to ten are standing where you are now, they may not have the knowledge you now possess, he said. Because the great work calls us now, and many upon many of our old ones will be leaving this school to travel where they are needed. And also, because beginning now, we will no longer take on new students. He let the silence that followed that statement grow. Which means all our focus now is on you, he said. The ways of all things seen, all things unseen, and all things sacred are being entrusted completely to all of you. And what we ask of you next has never been asked of a cohort ever within the memory of the long years of this school. In the silence, Archdruid Dara walked through the ranks of students, looking at them one by one as if committing their faces to his memory. Sunshine splayed fingers of light through the bare branches of the giant trees all around them, making crystals spark from their frost-patterned bark. Sheree was aware of the cold, beginning to numb her toes and her fingers, and to bite at her ears and her nose. When the archdruid paused in front of her, she was startled. He smiled at her, and she felt a warmth return to her extremities, seemingly from the depths of his dark eyes, before he moved on to the next student. He was still smiling when he spoke again. What we ask, dear ones, is for your permission to instill the codes of our knowledge into the spirals of your being. If you do not wish to allow this, you will be released from the school with our blessing. If you do wish to allow this, to take the knowledge of the ways of our order into your very souls, then know this, it will remain there forever. This is the whole point of putting it there. Will it hurt? Sheree wondered. How will we do this? Why are we doing this? What does it mean? I can see there are questions, said the archdruid. Let me anticipate the most basic of them, the why and the what and the how of it all. As to the why, all the teachings of Druidic knowledge can be spoken of in one phrase, and that phrase is this. The mysteries of the universe are written in layers of light and energy that can be opened and understood. But in the centuries and the millennium ahead, Without schools like this one, this knowledge will be lost. As to the what, even without schools like this one, the Wisdom Council believes there are steps we can take to make sure this knowledge will live on long after our schools disappear, long after our bodies are dust, long after this land we stand upon is buried deep beneath the oceans of time. So... Each one of us here today will become essentially the embodiment of a school. We will each take on all the wisdom of all three parts of the way. This knowledge will be written in our souls, and we will have access to this knowledge on every level of our being and in every lifetime that we ever live. This is one way that we will preserve our knowledge as to the how of it all, this means there is no longer a 20-year learning period after which you are sent into the world. This means you are now in a lifelong learning period, and you are to give as many years as you live in dedicating yourself to this work. It means that for this lifetime, You dedicate yourself to becoming a part of the living repository of all Druidic knowledge. Sheree absorbed his words in the silence that followed, and she felt happy. She would embrace this work. And as she looked again at the faces of her fellow students and her sisters, she knew no one there would refuse the request of the Archdruid and the Wisdom Council. They were among the last of their kind. They would stay together. The Archdruid laughed then. He saw the determined looks on their faces and he felt the ripple of decision that flowed from their hearts to his. Charay, who had never before heard the Archdruid laugh, found herself laughing along with most of her fellow students. It was as if something had been released, a painful emotion that had been nudging against their spirits, a kind of sorrowful wailing that had wanted to be heard. Instead, there was joy and acceptance, and as Sheree and the other students began to hug each other, then they all found themselves laughing and crying together. The arch and the three and the other members of the Wisdom Council were laughing and crying together, too. And then Archdruid Dara's voice was raised in a powerful note that reached through the emotion to connect with them all. So moted it be, he said, let the great work begin. Dear Grandchildren, Imagine being a part of a culture taking calm measure of the news that a massive shift was coming to their world. This ancient story offers us a view of a culture that not only knew when their world would end, it took steps to prepare its people, preserve its knowledge, and plan for the future, no matter how uncertain that seemed. Imagine a culture that asked itself, How will we change what we do now to prepare for this coming change? A culture that looked at the answers to this question and then moved itself to take the steps indicated. A culture that engaged its people to participate in a death-defying act to embed its knowledge at the soul level. And what was the point of this act? You may well ask. We will explore the answer to this question in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Part 3 of the six-part series, When World Ends. Part 4 will be posted during the next full moon on February 24th. See you soon. If you enjoy these episodes, and you're looking for more content like this more often, check out Stone Song Wisdom at catherinematheson.substack.com.